Hi, everybody. I'm Diane Canada, and we are live. Hope you're having a great Tuesday so far. We're going to have a wonderful show for you today. But I wanted to just start out and mention that I recently saw this great series on the History Channel. It was called The Innovators, The Men Who Built America. And the premise is how five self-made men transformed the U.S. into a global superpower. It's the story of Cornelius Vanderbilt and John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, uh, J.P. Morgan, and Henry Ford. Now, with the exception of J.P. Morgan, every one of these innovators had humble beginnings. I always thought that they came from very, very affluent families, you know, big family fortunes, but they did not. And I couldn't recommend that series highly enough. I think you guys would really enjoy it if you watched it. They were not perfect men. Not by a long shot, but the point of today's show and our week, everything that we're exploring this week is how, you know, there's more than one road to the Emerald City. And I want to talk about how free enterprise has paved the way for mighty innovations that changed the entire world. Why didn't innovations like this happen in other countries or did they? I'm glad you asked. Well, Russia, for instance, had massive innovations in the areas of space and physics. Other countries had worldly innovations like the wheel, concrete, lasers, and the list goes on. So why is America the place that everybody wants to be? Why is America credited as the superpower, especially when it comes to innovation? There was a really interesting article that I read and there was a, an MIT science historian named Lauren Graham, and he had some great things to say. So I'm just going to read this to y'all, and I think it might answer that question. He says that authoritarian political systems displace and destroy civil society, and with it, scientific inquiry, technological process, and economic prosperity. He says Russia, for instance, is great at invention but stinks at innovation. And he says, why are Russians so good at the development of scientific and technological ideas and yet so miserable at gaining economic benefit from these ideas? The answer, he says, is not the lack of talent or ability of their scientists or their engineers. It's their failure to develop a society in which the brilliance of its citizens can find fulfillment in economic development. All the rulers of Russia, he says, from Peter the Great to Vladimir Putin, have believed that the answer to the problems of modernization is technology itself, rather than the societal environment which promotes the development and commercialization of technology. A democratic form of government, a free market economy with investors seeking new technology, protection of intellectual property, control over corruption and crime, a legal system in which the accused has a chance of being declared innocent, a culture that tolerates criticism and allows independence, independence, a willingness to learn from failure in order to try again. These, he says, are some of the intangible characteristics of an innovative society. I think that pretty much sums it up. So with that, I'd love to get into some great discussion today about innovations in America and why we need to maintain all of those intangible characteristics in order for us to continue to thrive as a nation. 
socialism is trying to take root in our country. And we know that that leads to communism. And for those of you watching, we're going to give you some good nuts and bolts today. So you can talk these points off in your community. And let's just hold the line for our conservative values. So I've got several friends that are going to come in today and we're going to have some robust conversation. And I want to introduce you to someone new today who's joining us. You guys have not met her yet, but I think you're going to enjoy her very much. She's going to be joining us uh, regularly on the show. She is an executive coach, uh, leadership coach in areas of manufacturing, um, especially. She's been she's had a really great career in human resources as well. Great conservative woman of God. But one of the things I love is she walks the walk of faith in those professional environments and is going to help give us some nuggets today to help you do that too, if that's something you struggle with. So let's welcome into the show, Debbie Respis. Hi, Debbie. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, good, good to have you here today. Here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you your first time with us. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and uh, also joining us today, uh, you've been getting to know my friend Cheryl Brown. She is um, she's she's also got some really neat entrepreneurial ventures and some work out in society, but she is best known for her role as the chairman of the Williamson County Republican Party. Please welcome in Miss Cheryl Brown. Hello, love. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you here. And I'm uh, going to also welcome in our good friend, Hannah Cannon. Hannah is a, an, also a businesswoman. She's uh, homeschooling her children. Uh, she just started that because of this craziness going on in our schools the last couple of years. She's uh, she's also the fiance of U.S. congressional candidate and my friend Quincy McKnight. So you please welcome in Hannah Cannon to the show. Hi, Hannah. Hey, Diane. Hey. 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 Good All to have you here today. Can you hear me today? We can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah. Good to have you here. All right. And also joining us. And I, I see, Hannah, you're sporting Quincy's T-shirt. Looking good. <laughs> Looking very good. I saw that he's on Capitol Hill this week with uh, he's been up there with Ted Cruz. I saw and is shadowing. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. His name escapes me. The other congressman that he was shadowing yesterday. Jim Jordan. Uh, Jim Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. So he's busy, busy up there. And I uh, also want to welcome in our, our final guest for today, um, another delightful woman of God. Conservative values are very, very important to her. She's a financial planner in Franklin, Tennessee, and one of my dear friends. Please welcome in Lisa Biles to the show. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Can you hear us? <laughs> I think she's there. There she is. Okay. Can you hear us? Okay. All right. I think she can. She's with us. So that's what's important. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies. So innovative. Uh, sorry. Who was that? Lisa's audio is. Okay. Lisa, she'll fix it. She'll fix it. All right, ladies. So let's get this conversation going today. We've got, uh, we've got this innovative approach that we're taking to the show today. And, you know, we think about great innovators out there. I mean, the Wright brothers, I mean, there, there are so many people we could talk about over the course of history, but what is your initial reaction to my monologue about the, why everything thrives in America, but maybe not in other countries? I don't know, Hannah, I want to give you that one first. For some reason, I'm feeling like uh, you might speak to that today. Um, yeah, uh, Diane, I'm going to speak personally, um, as I always do, um, from a, from my childhood, there's always been a power that I could feel um, during the times of 
um, being in my room alone and hearing my mother uh, in domestic violence, um, there was a always been a power that I could feel as a child. And I took that power and God showed me and guided me with the love people around me to help and resources around me. Uh, it, those things helped me become innovative and to spread my wings and fly growing up. And then also becoming a woman um, and a mother. Um, I've stayed true to my conservative values, but also being led um, by God's grace. Um, without God's grace, I would not, we would not be able to do the things that we, that we do. And I think mm -hmm. making sure that we remember those things first, uh, the sky is the limit. Um, and I can speak more um, to that. Um, I did want to share some other things, but um, for the sake of time, we want to be respectful of everyone else um, here. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Hannah. I think you you really hit the key area that I wanted to explore today, which is our God-given potential, right? I'd say in America, it's like we have the opportunity here to take our potential out for a test drive and just see what that baby will do. <laughs> Right. Um, Debbie, come on in and speak to this for a second, because I know you coach people in this area all the time. And and I know you have a heart for God given purpose. So, yeah. What, what comes to your mind today when we're talking about this? Yeah, um, there's a lot. <laughs> um, really, what pops in is, you know, I have 30 years of, of manufacturing experience in it's secular world. Um, you'd find a Christian here or there and. I actually didn't find my purpose. Um, I'm, I'm a recently saved Christian. Uh, 2012 is my year that I actually said, hello, God, you've been searching for me all my life and I finally found you. And he opened up some doors to actually start my own business. And what that has done is he has been able to show me the gifts that he's given me since I was a child that I may not have really stepped into. And I know being in the United States with um, free enterprise and starting your own business. And it doesn't matter if, you know, if you're male or female or black or white or orange or green or fat or small or whatever, those, those characteristics that humans put on us, we are given God's gifts and I've learned to step into that and really trust in him to lead where we're go where I'm going and follow and just follow that path. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I hope that I, I hope I was a little succinct, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, come on in and talk about this for a minute. Do we have you in good working order now? You tell me. Yeah, I think I think so. I think we're good. Yeah. So. I really feel like um, when we when we get saved, it really does change everything. I believe that the Lord changes it changes our DNA actually, but I do believe that we're all born with gifts and talents. And as a parent, I think it's really important that you start that you look at your children and start searching for that and asking the Lord to reveal those things to you because. Um, you know, you see a strong-willed child instead of saying they're so defiant, you say, oh, they're a leader. You know, start speaking those things over them until you, this becomes to where I, I think that now just in my lifetime, uh, you know, as my day-to-day, -day, when I go meet somebody, I'll just walk up to them and be like, oh, 
you're a singer. You have a beautiful voice. They'll be like, how did you know that? I didn't know that. That's the Holy Spirit, right? So the more you practice these things, it's like anything else that we do in life. The more we practice them, the better that we get at that because we're, we're learning to hear the voice of the Lord. But I think it is really important. And also, I believe that I think, uh, you know, a lot of times churches will 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 have those sessions to where you go and you or you can and you can search for these online as well and go in there. And if you don't know what your gifts and talents are, if you don't really know what your passion is and you need help with that. There are tools and resources out there that help you pull those up, because a lot of times, especially as women, we don't we don't celebrate ourselves enough and we don't look at ourselves as oh, that's a gifted talent or, you know, oh, you like to organize. Oh, that's really a gift and talent. Do you know you could help people with that? A lot of times we don't recognize our own gifts and talents. So taking mm-hmm. these tests, we can learn more about what those really are. I just yeah. want everyone to, to do that. Yeah, there are some great resources out there, like you say, and some uh, some they're not really personality profiles. There's one out there, my favorite, it's called the culture index. And that really helps drill down in a very, it's a very simple test to take, but it's spot on accurate. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cheryl, I know that you have a real heart too, for people really tapping into their God given gifts, you know, and then playing those out in society, how it's a blessing to other people, you know, speak to that for just a minute. Oh, we can't hear you, Cheryl. All right, I'm on there. You are. <laughs> so we, you were talking earlier about um, why is America so innovative, and I want to read this. It says, "Free enterprise. Um, it is free enterprise, and unregulated capitalism is why America is so innovative." And something that Debbie said was, "You know, coming being an entrepreneur in America is it doesn't have any race." creed anybody right and can you know uh follow the road to the emerald city to america that's why you know people who are coming they're coming from everywhere Mm -hmm. you know other nations other countries they're coming to to explore and to find their god-given talent you know most they can most people come they, they can start a business and have a business going within months, you know, mm-hmm. that's America, you know, you come in here, but people in America don't remember or has um, been so free that they forgot how free they, ha- you know, they have it because, mm-hmm. you know, cause they, they're like, they think that their own country is against them. Yeah. That's yeah. not true. That's the lie and the perception that has been created, mm-hmm. you know, so far, you know, so, you know, we all heard, you know, Black Lives Matter. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Black Lives Matter. So does white lives. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Asian lives matter because America is innovative and it is not about race for America. It is about the sky being the limit. And you can find that road to the Emerald City here in America, no yeah. matter who you are. That's right. If you're willing to work for it, That's if you're right. willing to to put in the the hard work to do it, mm-hmm. you know, our our friend and I reference him a lot. Doctor Ming Wang is one of our dear friends. Mm-hmm. All of us know him, mm-hmm. and uh, he he has he actually has a presentation that he gives, 
And he talks about this very thing. He studied all of the different cultures. He's from communist China originally, and he was in a very, very oppressive society. Mm -hmm. And um, he learned how to play instruments and dance just to try to avoid the labor camps that they were about to send him to. He found out he could get into the, you know, the musical um, groups to for the propaganda and all for the government and would work out into the out in the snow and ice, you know, work his fingers to the bone and do this. And he finally got to come to America with $50 in his pocket and went on to be a world renowned surgeon. We talked about him yesterday. But the one thing in his presentation that he references, he studied all these different cultures around the world. And he was asking the same question we're asking today. Why does it work in America and nowhere else? Why is it that America is the superpower? And in all of his, I think it was 20 over 20 years, he studied this. What it came down to was Jesus Christ came down to the spiritual aspect us believing that we have a creator and that we are tapping into God given talents. So hon, I'm going to bring you up to talk about that for just a minute. And with your fiance, Quincy going after a congressional seat too, I know this is really um, heavy on his heart too, trying to keep America innovative, trying to keep our conservative values pumping through. And when I tell you, uh, Quincy is someone who is determined, he's decided and committed to finish the race um, that he began, that God has begun in his life. Um, he had a, not a, a silver spoon in his mouth um, growing up. He was uh, placed in foster care, um, spent time there and was adopted at the age of 11 and a half. Um, fast forward to uh, now, he's a, a great father, um, a successful business owner. Um, actually, his business uh, just was featured in the Nashville Business Journal as being in the top 12 um, in Nashville. That's awesome. Okay, clap for Quincy. <laughs> um, a million dollar company. So when I say someone that's encouraging, I think of Quincy McKnight, who is yeah. living the American dream. No matter his circumstances growing up, he uh, started his business bootstrapping. And so He's encouraged me to step out on ideas that I have as well. And um, an example that I have from my past as well, I was uh, stricken with a, with a, an illness many years ago after my second child, and I couldn't work for almost a year. Um, and when I decided to go back to work, it was hard to get back in the workforce. But because we live in America uh, where we have free liberty, I was able to go back to school. I was able to pull resources, um, get back here in the workforce and reinvent myself. I actually went into another industry. Um, so because of the, the freedom that we have here in the United States, um, I was able to, you know, be innovative and become the woman and mother that I am as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have those choices. Mm -hmm. Y'all, I, I want to just remind us of uh, the Declaration of Independence here. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, what you're talking about there, Hannah, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Mm -hmm. In other words, they answer to us, 
right? And that is something that we have to remember too. And we, as a free society, we've got to maintain that. We've mm-hmm. got to make sure that we stay, that we keep holding the reins. Yeah, go ahead, Cheryl. I see you shaking your head on that. No, no, no. That was that. How many times that we forget just that um, that statement that we hold these truths to be self-evident evidence that all men, all, all, not just, you know, it's, it's when Jesus came, he came for all men. Right. So it was the same thing that this all men are created equal. Yeah. So that's why we can't be separating ourselves in the way that is what is happening that we're seeing today. Yes. Because it, it is all men being created equal. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, and that that we have liberty and justice for whom? For all. That yeah. liberty and that justice is for all. All men. Yeah. All men. Not one race. You know, that's right. You know what I'm saying? But all men. So yeah. anyway, that's good. That yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And you're right. You know, and Debbie, I want to ask you, too. You know, why do you think it is that? Um, OK, if we know, let me just phrase it this way. If we know. Dr. Ming's research, and this is a, Dr. Wang is no fool. <laughs> okay, this is somebody who's highly, highly, highly educated, graduate of MIT and a graduate of uh, Harvard Medical School. Mm-hmm. All right, this is a scientific man who came from a communist regime, and he concluded that what works in America, what separates America is our our spiritual faith, our grounding in the Bible. So why, Debbie, are so many people out in the workforce right now, why are they so scared to mention anything about their faith? Why is faith getting pushed? I mean, I don't know that you have this. I know that's a big question to ask, but I just love your insight on this because, you know, again, you're walking this out in corporate environments as an executive coach. What are you seeing and why are people so scared? I, I honestly think that we are afraid of offending so many other people. Yeah. And what I love what Cheryl just said was if you truly believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're reading the Bible. She used the word all men are created equal. We didn't find that offensive. Here we are, a group of women talking about all men being created equal because we know and understand the definition of man is not male or female in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we don't step into the truths. Um, and I, and I, and I think that we get so caught up in the secular suck yeah. <laughs> of what's right or what's wrong that we, we, we're afraid there, there is this fear. And I, I'm going to tell you when I first got saved, I was, you know, you get on fire and then you kind of slack because you're just not sure. I mean, I work in the secular world and this last year, with COVID, I'm like, okay, I this is political. I don't believe the numbers and the numbers are so small that they shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. The vaccine is political. And you know what? Anyone that I'm going to talk to now, my first thing is I'm a Christ follower mm-hmm. and I believe that I, I serve a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. If you don't like it, there are millions of other people that you can work with and network with and talk to and become friends with. And yes. And I am trying to have that conversation with these leaders of organizations, even if they're not Christ followers, mm-hmm. what I say and how I say it and my conviction is very real. It's very authentic. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm like, if there's nothing else that you can be is be who you are. Yes. Right. You know, just so I think that the challenge for current Christians, like real Christians. Now, here's the other thing is when we can have this conversation among women talking about men are equal, you know, created equal. If we were on a secular conversation, we would have women that would be like, well, I'm not a man. You can't just say men are created equal. Yeah, we can, because the Bible says men and it's non-gender specific, though we do know that there's only two genders, by the way. Yes. You yes. Know? So I think that there's a comfort and a strength and a um, foundation in which we stand on mm-hmm. that I'm trying. That's why I do what I do. And I'm not afraid of it anymore. And I'm trying to help empower others by saying, you know, Christ was not afraid to die for you. Mm. Why would you be afraid to talk about him in this world that is gone like that? It doesn't, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, yep. it's a vapor. Yep. Yeah, Lisa, I'm going to bring you in to talk about this here because I, I know I mean, all of us love the Lord and we are all, I think what you said, Debbie, there was so key that we have to be convicted. We have to say that with with a quiet confidence. Mm-hmm. And and it's not about, you know, trying to convince them or trying to, you know, all we are are seed planters. God does the work inside a person's mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. We just plant the seeds, but we have to be an example of of Christ. We've got to attract people to the faith, not uh, not repel them. So, Lisa, you're wonderful at that. And I know you work as a financial planner. You work with all different kinds of people in all walks of life and very, very wealthy people. people some not some not so much, some probably the wealthiest in Tennessee. You know, so when you st- when you take a stand for Christ in your marketplace, what gives you the confidence, you know, to do that? And are you afraid to admit in public? you know, that you're a Christ follower? Honestly, that's an interesting question, Diane, because I really don't think about it. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm me. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. out being me, no matter who the person is. But yeah. oh, I, interestingly enough, I feel that most people believe in God, even if they don't have a personal relationship or they believe in the spirit realm. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think that encompasses 90% of the people and some people who don't even believe in, maybe they're agnostic, not sure about the Lord, but yet they're very spiritual. And yeah. so the being that we are spirit beings, right? I just go about being myself. I'll find some common ground. I mean, when I just talk about uh, I don't, I'm not maybe asking them about their faith in particular, but if, as I'm talking about myself, I can't help but talk about the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. He, that's me. I'm in him. Like it's just comes out. That's just part of my being. It's just natural. It just yes. oozes out I, of you. Mm-hmm. I really don't think about it and I don't apologize for it. And I, yeah. I just don't really give it a second thought, but, but I think just as I talk, as I go, that's what the word says, right? As you go, as yeah. you, and so as you go, um, you just, you're just talking about your daily life and you don't make a big deal of it. Yes. I find that they, people open up and they talk. And I think that I have more conversations with people who believe in a spirit realm and they have hundreds and hundreds of questions. Um, mm. Or even uh, uh, actually I'm in a, a book club with a lot of people who were raised Jewish and they have tons of questions. Mm-hmm. It's fun to me. It's fun because, you know, I can just say, I don't have all the answers. I mean, the Lord does, but I don't pretend like I'm all high and mighty and I'm all that. Matter of fact, the more I get to know God, the more I realize the less I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, that's such yep. a great point. Sure. And you know, somebody said something to me years back that was just so beautiful. They just, they said, stop trying to, um, they said, just stop trying and just be, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. be, you, you are, you know, so what, that's what you're saying. Just be a Christian. Just you, you are a Christian. It's authentic, you know, but we've got to stand up for it. And hon, I'm going to bring you in here in just a second, but I want to show this graphic here real quick. These are the things that were in, that were innovated in America that changed the world. Look at this, you guys. I mean, the light bulb, right? The telephone, the personal computer, plastic, the assembly line, industrial robots, the internet, mobile phones, GPS systems, chemotherapy. I mean, this is the kind of stuff rock star Americans do. <laughs> right? You know, this is what this is what we do. And so Hannah, you know, if do you think that these kinds of things could could come about if there wasn't a creator? I mean, as human beings, who plants those ideas? How do we how do we explain the execution of these things if not for a creator? <laughs> So you know, as I look back over my life and the life uh, lives of my my grandparents, my mother, my father, you know, ancestors, you know, I've seen evidence of God's goodness um, throughout trying times and struggle that we've all been through, um, myself and my family. Um, God's love, you know, has given me more strength than I've ever ever known. Mm-hmm. And you know, I try to share with people that. When people ask me, how are you, you know, how did you get where you are? Well, because God has been my dwelling place throughout my life. And I share with them some struggle and some success and show them how God's grace got me from point A to point B, you know, to point C. You know, I may not be where I want to be right now totally, uh, but I'm in a better place than than I started out and, and I'm happy. Um, with that. And so I try to share with others, um, you know, encourage them to, you know, to surrender, you know, uh, being their disappointments, their their heartache that they've had in the past or any struggles, surrender those to God and he will keep you. He will give you the strength through his love. And that love comes from from people. It comes from opportunities. Um, just be open minded to that. Um, and you know, dwell in him and he will guide your steps if you, if you allow him. And, you know, he is also the, the deep well of hope. Yeah. So we talked yesterday about how so many people are in impoverished situations or hopeless home lives, you know, whatever it might be. I came out of a, I mean, I was not raised rich by any stretch. We had a lot of struggles. I went to 22 schools before high school, um, made a train wreck of my early adulthood, but entrepreneurship was my way out and God guided me. God brought things, things dropped into my lap that I could have never anticipated. And that's the kind of hope and love that you're talking about too, Hannah. He, he shows us, he loves us with a variety of tactics, you know? And so he, but he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is, I, I, I heard Joyce Meyer say one time, be a prisoner of hope be a prisoner of hope. And I love that, that no matter what you're facing, there's always hope That's and right. we can continue to grow and, and stretch that potential I was talking about earlier. 
Um, I want to give you guys each a last word as we wrap up the show today. And we're going to pray over all of you here in just a minute. I also want to thank Miss Karen Porter for watching. We've got some folks watching across all the social media channels today. So thank you for being here. But let's leave some parting words, if we will, ladies. Um, Debbie, I'm going to have you come up first. And what do you, what would you like to leave people with today on this topic of more than one road to the Emerald City? Um, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and continue to be your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, that's so good. Lisa, how about you? I'm going to bring you in for just a second. What's what's most important to leave on people's hearts today from you? I really feel like um, if you continue to pursue a personal relationship with God, it's amazing what he'll download to you. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Miss Cheryl, how about you? Let's Let's leave some parting words. The word would be in blessing. Will I bless you? And that's the word of the Lord. The word mm -hmm. says that in blessing, will I bless you? And, and he has already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Oh, it's so beautiful. Miss Hannah. Yes. I would like to say, um, you know, say, make sure you're praising God, even through the storms um, mm -hmm. going through, you know, um, reach out to him and, you know, praise him for the good um, and for the lessons you've learned. Don't give up, you know, continue to follow his lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. So good. And of course, most of you know, my parting words are always going to be lady up and don't quit. <laughs> Don't quit. That's right. Thank you guys uh, for engaging in this great conversation with me today, ladies. I appreciate you, Debbie, Lisa, Cheryl, and Hannah. And thank again, all of you for watching. We, uh, we just hope these are, these are blessing you every day. Thank you for your comments and your messages. We, we read everyone and they bless us. So we will see you back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Diane.